Awesome track was Heavy Diamonds by Stony Row. Stony Row is the guest here today, and you can check out his music on SoundCloud by searching Stony Row. This episode is also brought to you by Vamp Quest, a lit RPG novel by Addison Runberg. Alright, enjoy the show. Who are some of your musical influences? Oh geez, that's a hard question. Um I mean, I have a lot. It's it's hard to really break them down. Um, I mean, I'm going to have to give a shout out to my uh, person I've been following and trying to 
connect with and, and work with Jordan Oaks or Oaksy. He goes by Oaksy. He's actually been a huge inspiration. He's not a big time like music artist or anything. But other than that, I got to do some throwbacks. I love E-40. E40 is one of my most favorites. I love G-Eazy. Yeah, G-Eazy's a cool one. Um, I I actually recently have been getting into Tupac, believe it or not. I never really um I've never really like looked into a lot of his music, but um I always see like funny quotes and like also like meaningful quotes of like just stuff he randomly says, and he just seems like a very intuitive person. And yeah, I've been trying to really kind of look back into older hip hop artists and and people who aren't very like recent and like really like uh you know because i i just don't want to sound like everybody else but yeah i mean e40 is a huge one i love e40 but for a long time i was listening to a lot of dr dre i think rap music in the 80s 90s and even 2000s is so different than what it is today it's kind of crazy how much it's changed it is very crazy i i also forgot about eminem too obviously eminem is one of my huge uh influences what have you thought of the whole Machine Gun Kelly Eminem rap beef? You know, it's it's obviously just like for publicity, and they're doing it just because they, you know, they want publicity. But I thought it was, I think it's cool though, because yeah. MGK is, like, he's famous, and everyone, a lot of people know who MGK is, but also like a lot of people don't know who he is. He, uh, I think the story was he dissed Eminem like like almost six years ago or something like that on this random song kind of like right when he was coming out i think it's because like everyone was saying oh it's just another white rapper so of course they're gonna relate to him to eminem um uh so he like kind of insulted him and then that got him a lot of attention just insulting eminem in the first place and then like six years later he comes back and eminem says something in uh you know, and and he went off. I think MGK was was waiting for that though, because it literally took him like after Eminem insulted him on. I'm not sure what track it was or what album it was, but it took him like a week. I'm pretty sure to come back and make the new song. And he had a music video and all that stuff. So you, you know, he was sitting there and just waiting. Do you think the line "Your beard is weird" was a good line or lame? That's like an actually good topic though, because like it is kind of weird. I don't like Eminem's beard. It's, I don't know. He 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 looks weird, but you know what? Maybe he would look weird if he didn't have a beard, because he's like 40 now. So maybe he's just trying to do his like mid 40s style. I don't know. It's just weird to see Eminem with a beard though. It, sometimes I see him and I'm just like, oh, that's Eminem. <laughs> Did you watch Chris D'Elia's spoof of Eminem rapping? I love that. No, I didn't actually. I really recommend looking that up. Chris D'Elia does a great job spoofing Eminem's flow. Chris D'Elia is a pretty famous comedian. You used to listen to Mac Miller, didn't you? Oh yeah, how did I not bring him up in him influencing me? Yeah, I listen to Mac Miller all the time, man. I grew up listening to him. He was... Honestly, like out of all people I've said, Mac Miller was definitely the most influential uh, artist because like he kind of got me into rapping and he was also white. And I know it's kind of stupid, but like if you're a white guy and you're trying to rap, you always have that little like, uh, you know, you're just kind of self-conscious of it because it's you're kind of out of your comfort zone. But yeah, yeah, man, he was he was a huge influence. I only found out about Mac Miller because you had mentioned him to me. And then I went on to download all of his music, and he became one of my favorite rappers as well. You know he passed, right? Yeah, too bad. Yeah. And 
It's crazy. He like he like called out the way he was gonna die too. Like I watched an interview, and you can look it up too. It's it's kind of more popular now because at one point he was like, um, you know, I don't want to die of as an overdose. Who who who's remembered if they're dying of an overdose? And like no one wants to do that. You're just a loser that's dying from an overdose. And like he totally bashed himself because obviously that's what happened. And it's just so sad because he was such a good artist. I love his line where he says, I'm Mac Miller. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's pretty he's pretty um <laughs> blunt sometimes. I don't yeah. know. That's what makes it fun. He's funny. That's why I like his music so much, is like he had such a a funny way of going about his things. I was just reading a lot of comments in a thread about Mac Miller's death that made me feel really bad for Ariana Grande. She's had some really bad stuff happen in her life, from her ex-boyfriend's untimely death to that bomb going off at one of her concerts that killed a ton of her fans. It's so horrible and crazy. I forgot about that. That's right. I, I try not to stay too connected to big stories and news like that, because there's just so much crazy stuff, and it kind of brings me down. But I, I remember yeah. hearing about that, and yeah, everyone's bashing her and making her feel like it's her fault, and that's just wrong. Like, don't do that. It's yeah. not her fault. Obviously, it's not her fault. They weren't even dating anymore, and even if they were... You can't do that. Yeah, something I heard the other day that kind of um, relates to that is when an addict dies, is it suicide or is it an accidental death? I personally think it's an accident. But, like, do you think they're self-inflicting? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you get addicted, and, like, when you get addicted, you're not thinking of that. But, like, years down the road, you keep doing it yourself, knowing that it could be, like, fatal. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, I, I think it's more accidental than anything, but... I do get what you're saying, though. Like, is it really an accident? It's just kind of, it's just kind of a weird thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe the Illuminati is real? That a group of super rich people are out there conspiring against everyone? Man, you're going to freak me out. <laughs> yeah, I totally do. I think there's so many different conspiracy theories, yeah, theories about it, but it's 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 hard to really say what exactly is and what exactly isn't, but I definitely think there's some sort of higher power and some group of people that started it and I've watched like every video there is about it and there's some things that are a little far-fetched, but what do you think? Do you think there is? I think there is. I think that once you get to be super rich, a lot of your friends are going to be really rich and powerful, too. And, like, if you and your friends owned all the businesses in a town, you couldn't help but talk about your problems and ideas. And things would certainly come from those talks with your influential friends. So I think something like the Illuminati is out there, but they might not call themselves the Illuminati. And they influence, and, and yeah. Well, and there's power hungry people out there too and you know i feel like i feel like if it did start and if it is actually a thing which i really do think it is it started uh like it didn't start out with the type of mindset that it has now apparently and like they started out for good more than like controlling people like they wanted to influence people for the good of things but now it's turned into some power hungry no one wants to know that it's actually real so they can influence and control people through media and through so many things that we just don't like see it, yeah. but it actually is happening. It's, it blows yeah. my mind when I think about it. I also don't believe the Illuminati is trying to hide symbolism everywhere. 
I think, if anything, symbolism, like the eye on the pyramid of the dollar bill, is from people who aren't actually a part of the Illuminati, like trying to tell other lay people to see the connections, the rich and powerful. It just doesn't make sense to me that the people in the Illuminati would want to leave clues everywhere so people could find them out eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's so many different things. But but hang on, I I I can't I, I got so much more stuff. Hang on, I I got more stuff to say about the Illuminati. Okay, okay. so <laughs> it won't be too much longer though. So like no, yeah, the, the whole the whole thing on the dollar bill is is weird and like the whole eye with the pyramid and it's weird that it's on the dollar bill. But um, it if you if you look towards like research of when it dates back to it dates back to like hundreds and hundreds of years ago, um, of when it was like started from this group of powerful people. But I don't know. Do you think that they put out the um like do you think they want people to think that they're trying to hide just so they look for them and in actuality they really want people to know who they are because they'll influence them even more hmm maybe i've never really thought about that like maybe they could would want people who are getting more powerful to start looking for them so they could join forces with the illuminati eventually yeah maybe it's like a secret way of yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a secret way of getting more members. But if you're running like a really high profile company, you wouldn't really have that much time to investigate random historic clues. You're running your business like 14 hours a day. You don't have time to look up the origin of like the Freemasons. <laughs> Let, let's sit down and put some time aside so we can figure out the Illuminati. Yeah. Do you believe in any other conspiracies? Yeah, man. Are you kidding me? I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. Um, have you ever heard of M uh, uh, mind control? It's called um, MK Ultra mind control. I kind of have heard of it. You can explain it if you want to. So again, it's another conspiracy theory, and people blow it completely out of the water, and um, it's probably more exaggerated than what it actually is if it is real. But uh, I remember basically what it is is there's a group of people that say um, if you want to be famous, if you want to be have all the gifts of of like you know singing and whatever and doing this and doing that and like you want to be that celebrity, that person, and you want to have all the money and all the women you want and you know everything that a random guy would want or something, um, they like taunt you and tempt you but you have to like sign your name in blood and it's like directly connected to and i'm not religious at all but it's like directly connected to like the devil and stuff like that and it how is it connected to the devil basically it's connected to like lucifer and like um <laughs> wow yeah dude no it's 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 so weird i didn't expect it at all but like apparently you like sign your name in blood and like it's like there's not like an actual devil that's like controlling it or something. It's not like the devil is a part of it, but they're like Satan worshippers, the people that control it. They like control you with hypnotism. Um, and that way you're not like a robot and you can still be you, but at any given a moment of time, they can like take control over your brain and your body. Um, and they can make you do crazy cool things. Like they can take over and like, you'll sing crazy good all of a sudden like sometimes beyonce has said before how like she goes and performs and she's not who she is when she's performing but once she gets on stage like she can hit notes that she's never hit before and blah 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 and like roseanne um has been on uh the news before and has mentioned that mk ultra is like real and like there's so many people in hollywood that go for it and 
as far as it being connected to like the devil and you sign your name in blood, I don't really believe that part. But as far as like hypnotism goes, I could see how something like that could happen. Like maybe there's another group of powerful people that have a lot of money and have a lot of connections in Hollywood because connections are literally everything in Hollywood, networking and whatnot. And maybe these people pay these people or do something for them so they will have control over them, you know, and it's all hypnotism and I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. Here's what the Wikipedia on MKUltra says. Apparently, the CIA conducted illegal domestic activities, including experiments on U.S. citizens during the 1960s and 70s. And it kind of like came from that. Yeah, and apparently MKUltra is also known as the CIA Mind Control Program. Experiments on humans were conducted by the CIA intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures that could be used in interrogations to weaken the individual and force confessions through mind control. So that's kind of what I've always heard about MKUltra. The reason why I didn't look into it more, though, is I was just getting really freaked out. So... What is something funny that's happened to you recently? Hmm... I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just kind of put you on the spot. When I was doing the podcast with Elise, I was trying to tell a story and lost my train of thought right in the middle of it. I got halfway through the story, I just couldn't think of a punchline, any kind of satisfying ending whatsoever. <laughs> Have you ever had a horrible customer at Buffalo Wild Wings? Um, yeah, I think everyone has had a horrible customer. If you work at Buffalo Wild Wings and you're a server, you will always, always have a horrible customer story. I think the probably the worst one that always sticks to mind is, um, this wasn't the one in, in Brainerd, this is the one up in Moorhead, uh, B-dubs, and it was just a great day, normal day, I was having a great day, and I get a table, and... The guy comes in and he immediately says, um, do you guys have Leinenkugel's Honey Vice or whatever? And I was like, oh, no, I don't think we do, actually. We haven't had that for a while. And he's like, well, what the fuck? I guess we're just going to go somewhere else. We've been trying to go. <laughs> we've, we've literally been to every single bar there is around here and every restaurant, and they haven't had it, and you guys don't have it either. And I was just like, <laughs> well, what do you want me to do, man? I just work here. I have nothing to do with that. And then, like, I, he was a huge, he was super mad about it, and I said we didn't have the beer, and then I walk away to get the beer that he asked for, because I thought it was, let's just let's just say he wanted Line of Kugel's Honey Vice, and I thought we had Summer Shandy on tap. So I go there after that entire ordeal of him getting just pissed off, and then I realize that we do have the beer that he wants. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, great, okay, all right, whatever, I'm just going to pour that for him and I'll bring it back. And I was just like, yeah. hey, good news, trying to be positive. Hey, good news, here's the beer. You have it. He's like, oh, <laughs> you're not good at your job or something stupid like that. And um, yeah, man, he was just, I know, he was just throwing the F-bomb at me and like just swearing left and right, and, and the wife was just right there alongside them meanwhile their kids two like five six-year-olds are sitting there have no idea what's going on and the mom's just completely supporting his behavior and i'm just trying to be a good server and like not break character and like not get mad at them and yeah, um but they're making hard. me kind of nervous though so that <laughs> happens and then and then i make like one mistake on their food order because i'm nervous and 
then they get super pissed off at me again and they start swearing <laughs> at me again so i'm done with it and i'm just like have you ever made a mistake at your job are you perfect at your job and they look at me like a deer in head wait did you actually say that to him i actually said that to them i'm not lying they said that to him and i was just like are you have are you perfect at your job and i'm like no obviously you're not and I was just like, why are you talking to me like this? Why are you disrespecting me? I'm a human being. Like, I'm just working here doing my best. Like, there's, you don't have to treat me like this. This is ridiculous. And they were just struck and back and, like, had no idea what to say. And they got super mad, of course, but, like, I walked away. And then they asked for the, oh, yeah, they asked for the manager right after I stood up for myself. So the manager yeah. goes over there and... Yeah, it was a whole, it was a whole, whole ordeal. But uh, hey, I didn't, I didn't lose my job, and the manager kind of appreciated me for doing that, you know. But yeah. also, she had to, not to do that. Yeah, totally. Well, good for you for putting yourself out there in kind of a vulnerable position, because a lot of the time the customer will ask for the manager, and just because you stuck up for yourself. But then it's kind of up to the manager to make sure you don't actually get in trouble for doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one time I ever did stand up for myself, but it feels good. Sadly, most of the time I don't. I just kind of be as nice as possible. <laughs> and then you go back and where no, they can't see you, and then you're just like ripping yeah. your hair out in the back. <laughs> yeah. One time at Dairy Queen, way back in the day, a guy came, unbeknownst to me, every single day through the drive-thru to get a large Coke. So he did just that, and when I told him the price was going to be two ninety nine. He told me it was $1.99, and it's always been $1.99. He comes every day. And I said, I'm sorry, sir. I don't know what to tell you. The price is $2.99 today. That's the price. So he paid, and he drove away. And then as soon as he was gone, I realized I had pressed extra large, not large. So he was right, and I had wrongly stuck up for myself. And you're just like, it's the price. And yeah, and you just had to accept it. <laughs> the price is the price. Yeah, I felt bad, but when I found out, there was really nothing I could do. So yeah, I've never I've never worked fast food before. I've only served, and I feel like that'd be more stressful though, because sometimes I take phone calls at beatups, like when I'm not busy, and like when you're on the phone, it's kind of similar to like if you're like you are you're constantly multitasking when you're working at Dairy Queen, especially because like if you're doing the drive-through and you're also making stuff and like. Do you guys have separate people for, like, the cashier and the drive-thru, or do you kind of do everything? At Dairy Queen, we would take the order, make the food, and then do the cashier part, too. So, literally everything. I always thought Dairy Queen was just like being a server or waiter, except, honestly, just harder. But paid less. <laughs> I agree. That's why I never did fast food, because it's not easy, man. It's really hard. There's a lot of things that you have to balance in your head, and, like, you don't get tips or anything you just get your basic hourly wage and i don't well, know i'm guessing it's kind of like being a bartender because you've got to memorize a ton of different drinks make the drink quickly and then get it out to the person but at least bartenders get tipped pretty well unlike dairy queen who hardly get tipped at all yeah i don't know i i don't know if i could do it yeah i definitely don't recommend it one of Sylvia's friends only works at fast food places for some reason is there any reasoning behind it i've never heard her give a good reason I guess once you get in the groove and you're like comfortable, I, I guess I could see that because serving is not easy too, but like once you're used to it and you get your, your flow down, mm -hmm. then it becomes a lot easier. It's just like getting on a bike again if you haven't rode in a long time going to a different serving. You just have to like adjust to the job itself and the menu itself, but then once you memorize that stuff, then you're golden.
The one thing she does like about it, I guess, is that she gets to go outside and smoke weed with the managers. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah, apparently. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I actually just learned I actually just learned that our general manager right now, before he was promoted to the general manager, he used to do that. He used to go back with the cooks and like he used to go and smoke weed with them in 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 the back like in the middle of dinner rushes. I don't know how they like I've 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 smoked weed before going to work before and it's uh, it's all right, you know, if I I only could do it recently. You know, I've been smoking weed for a good amount of time and I've been serving for a good amount of time, but I still don't do it though because like it if I'm at 100% when I'm sober, I smoke weed before and I'm down at 50% like Same. at most, at most. I can't I can't concentrate on very many things. It's just I don't know, it's just how I am. Yeah. I've only done it before work once, and luckily it had mostly worn off by the time I actually had to go in. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I smoke it, I get super introverted, which is pretty much the opposite of what you want to be as a waiter. So I would just be like in my head, freaking out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you get worried and self-conscious of like if people know if you're high or not, and like you yeah. don't want to make eye contact because you're worried if your eyes are like red or not. And then if they see your eyes and you make eye contact, then they definitely know that you're high. But in reality, yeah. they're probably just like, why the fuck is this guy acting so weird and looking at us so much, or yeah, not looking like, at us? Yeah. 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 Uh, oh my god a funny story funny okay the funny story hey i got a funny story so that reminds me Woo! funny story but um <laughs> but the other day uh a dog uh he's a cook there at, at b-dubs um and and he was sitting there and everyone at b-dubs has the e-cigarettes and stuff and like i don't have one of my own um, I guess I do, but it's broken. I don't use it ever. But anyways, everyone's always puffing in them in the back, and they have so many cool different flavors, and I try them every once in a while. And um, see one of the cooks comes around, and I'm just sitting there chilling on my phone because it's slow. Um, and he comes around, and he's like, hey, man, try this. And let me remind you, A-Dog is um, a very good source for drugs, and I'll just leave it at that. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so but i didn't think anything of it because it, it was an e-cigarette at least what i thought i looked at it and then yeah. i take a hit of it and it does not taste like an e-cigarette it tastes like really good weed or something like that and i was like what is that man and he's like oh it's wax and i was like what and he's just like yeah man it's wax haven't you ever done like dabs before and i'm like oh, no nice. dude I, I just like do it regular <laughs> but it completely messed me up dude like yeah. it was one hit and i was just completely screwed for the rest of the shift i was like so self-conscious and i didn't have any eye drops i couldn't prepare i didn't know it was weed and i felt <laughs> like i felt like like uh violated i'm gonna go back through and delete that guy's name quick <laughs> okay we'll just say his name is a dog okay Adog, I'll slice that in quick. <laughs> Did I say his first and last name? Yeah. Oh, shoot. It's fine, no worries. <laughs> That's hilarious, though. Yeah, dabs are so much more powerful than normal weed. For pretty much the whole summer, I did kind of a lot of dabs, like, every single day. And they would just amplify how introverted I would be to the point where I couldn't even talk for the three or four hours that was affecting me. Like, I couldn't even say anything if I wanted to. <laughs> No, it really messes you up, and like I'm not used to it. If you're just used to smoking regular weed and you go and take a dab, like I like to relax and I like to sit down and puff in my weed a little bit and and not really, um, you know, 
just not take it too seriously. But when you mess with dabs, you like you take one and you're good to go for a long time. And I still like dabs, but I pretty much wouldn't do them now unless I was working on writing a song or maybe at like a concert or something. Yeah, I guess so. It's like super short and quick and fast and you get it done and over with because you don't have to sit there and do it for a while. Yeah, to me, it's just not that fun to do in a social setting now. Yeah, people are different. Yeah, it's just like, if I'm going to be hanging out with people, I want to be more extroverted, not more introverted. I want to be in my head thinking, oh man, if I say that, I'm going to sound so stupid. Yeah, I know. And if you don't do it a lot, then that stays with you and I... I don't know. It's 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 hard not to be. You have to like force yourself not to be, and then eventually you just aren't. But I don't know. I will say smoking out of those vape pens is so much nicer than smoking like out of a pipe. You don't have to cough it all. Basically. Yeah, very convenient too. Yeah, totally. One time, and I probably even shouldn't bring this up. Um, I was smoking dabs while inside the commander playing bingo. Fuck yeah! <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> bingo and dabs that's what oh, i'm talking about i feel about. kind of bad about doing it. what no i would yeah. totally do that if i was playing <laughs> bingo are you kidding me like yeah, well, what I if guess. you win what you, yeah like what if you win and you're just like oh god i won and you're like too freaked out <laughs> scared to go up and like say bingo so you just don't and like yeah. you don't win because you're just too messed up what advice would you give to yourself five years ago Ooh, that's a good one i like that question um you know, I think if I met myself five years ago, I would just tell myself that you just got to relax and like, and be patient and just wait for life to happen. Because, I mean, five years ago, I was 20 and I don't know, I didn't, I, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And you got to realize when you're that age, like you don't, no one knows what they're going to do with their lives when they're 20 years old. And if they think they're, they do half of the time I feel like it doesn't actually work out that way and it works out a different way and I don't know I guess the advice I would give you just gotta let things come to you and be patient and then things will happen and just be positive and happy and nice to everybody I think that's really great advice when you're just out of high school or college it's natural to want things to keep happening like they happened when you were in school one thing after another that's already pre-planned and luckily for us like we didn't have to go into much student debt, but a lot of people keep going on what seems to be the only path available, racking up hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, and then it's all over, and they still want the next thing to come easily and quickly, just like the next year of school did, or the next classes that they could try hard in. But during adult life, after school, things seem to move a lot slower for a lot of people. Yeah, exactly, and like usually the college experience, when I was in high school, when I wanted to go to college, I didn't want to go to college because I wanted to go to college. I wanted to go to college because I wanted to go party and yeah. make friends and explore. I didn't want to go to college to learn and get a career because that's, I don't know, I was just a 17-year-old person not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. So that's what I've been trying to tell my little sister is you just got to be patient and like don't rush into anything because, you know, I'm lucky I don't have any debt at all. I have literally have zero, zero uh I don't know. I I, I, just, I have no debt at all as far as school goes because it was paid for, fortunately for me. But and I'm just not realizing how like much of a benefit that is because yeah, there's so huge. many people that have thousands of dollars of debt. It's depressing. 
Yeah, any time I get in debt, I just pay it off as soon as possible. I feel like I can't do anything until I totally get rid of it. Because I just feel so bad when I do have it. It feels depressing. Well, and I, I get like, I get depressed when I don't have money. Like, I don't know why. It's just a thing that happens to me. Maybe, like, I'm worrying, but my mind doesn't realize that I'm constantly worrying about that because I kind of put things to the side when something bad's happening and I try not to think about it too much. So if I had, if I had like $20,000 in debt that I had to pay off every month, that would be, I don't know. I feel like I'd be a much, a much more sad person than I am today. If I had debt Me too. from school, you know, something you didn't even, you know, like I, I went to college and I'm doing something different now. So if that happened to me and I had that much debt, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I would not be happy. I've read some Twitter posts where the people are like, after 10 years of paying down my student loan, I actually owe more than when I first finished college. And that's just so scary. Because for all these years, they've only been paying the bare minimum amount. And so the interest is actually making the loan total increase that whole time. The whole system's messed up, man. It's just banks got their hands deep into it, and just and just the, the college in general. The, you know, school shouldn't be about having the school make as much money as possible. It should be about having the school make money, but focusing on actually teaching kids. And you know, the kids are going to learn a lot better and and succeed and advance in their lives a lot better if they're not having to constantly worry about money. You know? Yeah, definitely. Especially when you're that young. No one has money when you're that young. I think it would be really cool if more people were able to take a couple years off after high school and go around to like different careers and see what they might actually be interested in doing. Because so many college kids never really spend a day in the shoes of what they're going to college to become. And then they get out of college and they don't even like what they've spent all this money and time becoming. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. It's just... There's so many things that have already, it's like, it's a thing, so it's going to be difficult to change it. And Like, so many people are willing to pay $50,000 and use four years of their life to become an engineer when they've never sat down and done a day as an engineer or even asked anyone about it. So then, after all that, they start in the workforce, and after a short amount of time, they realize they really hate it and can't do it. It's such a waste, and... And it, it that didn't really happen to Elise, but like, but it kind of did. Like she, she has her degree, and it's a good degree, and it's a very uh, broad degree. You can do a lot with it. But I don't know. I I completely agree with you, and th- and that's why I didn't go to uh, like a huge college or didn't really pursue that. And I just kind of waited and went to a tech college, and and that even happened to me in my tech college degree, because as you know, I'm a certified HVAC, heating, ventilation, air conditioning technician. And like I went to school for just a year, not a big deal. It was hard. It was fun. It was good to graduate. It felt good um, to get something below my belt. But then I was working there for roughly two years and I liked the trade itself, but no one told me that I was going to be working on average 50 hours to 60 hours a week. And then on top of that, you have to be on call every other week. So like when you're on call, you can't drink, you can't do anything like under you have to always be ready 
to get up and go fix someone's furnace, even if that's at four o'clock at night, especially in Minnesota, because if your furnace goes out and it's negative 20, like that's an emergency. You need to go fix it. Granted, you get paid more, but I'm not going to wake up at three in the morning and go work. Like that sounds awful, but no one told me that when I was going to school. Yeah, that's so ridiculous that that's what that field requires. Why do you think it is so busy? Like, why do they require you to do that much work at that out of hours? Right now, it's honestly right now, it's just because it's for some reason HVAC, when everyone went into that trade, like everyone went into that trade at one time. So now it like became a wave. So like after like 20 years, then it's going to be a new wave of HVAC technicians because all the other people that went to school were roughly the same age 20 years ago and now they're all retiring. Okay, so there's like a shortage, shortage right, right now. now. Yeah, so like, you know, 10 years from now, maybe it wouldn't be so crazy. But like right now, there's a shortage. So there's just not a lot of people, which means those people have to do more hours. And and yeah, and there's like, I was I was the only technician at the place that I worked at. And I was there, one guy worked there, then he had to, I think he just retired. He was getting kind of old. And it was just me and, and my boss. And um yeah, man, it was stressful, and I was, I was there for, like, a, a, a good amount of time, and I think we hired one person on, and he wasn't even a technician. He didn't go to school. He We just needed some help, you know? It was so yeah. scarce, but, yeah. I pretty much have to mention this. Um, every time I see Cassie, she's like, well, my dad really could use some help if Chris ever wants to work for him. He's got a job. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he works for... Um, yeah, he has an HVAC business, right? The yeah. I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. I like the trade. I've been looking into getting involved with the power line companies because apparently you can make really good money working on the power lines, like eighty thousand to hundred thousand a year, easy. Yeah, but you might die though. That's very true. It doesn't exactly seem worth it, but I don't want you to die, Addison. I doubt I would die. <laughs> yeah, you probably wouldn't. It's it's because it's. It's dangerous. It's um, hazardous pay, but yeah, I mean, go for it, dude. Well, thanks. I don't really want to, but things shit goes sideways. It's always a backup plan. Yeah, hazard pay is, is is something to go with if you don't have other options. But I think appraising is a good job, though. I think it's it's something. I think it fits you very well. Yeah, I think since it's been in our family for so long, kind of the practice is just kind of getting ingrained with in you. Since my grandparents died and my dad died, I'm like, yeah, I guess I can do it too. Yeah, you grow up with it, so it's just kind of almost second nature without you realizing it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, could you tell a story where you were like rollerblading down the street or something? You talking about when I got in that big accident? I believe so. Yeah, for sure. Um, like when I went through the windshield, right? Yeah. <laughs> that one? Okay, cool. I wasn't rollerblading. That would have been crazy if I was rollerblading, though, because okay. I was going, like, 20 miles per hour. I was bombing the hill. But anyways, um, yeah, I was just being a stupid, I think I was, like, 11, just being a knucklehead. But I was on my, my dad's speed bike. I said it was a speed bike. It was just a regular bike with a speedometer on it. It wasn't anything special, but I thought it was super cool because there was a speedometer on it. Um, so I always tried to track my speed and go as fast as I possibly could. So really... This whole thing is the speedometer's fault, not mine. Um, but anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh, coming back from the pool, riding my bike back from the pool, and 
I look at the speedometer and like there's a, a huge hill right before I get to my house and I bombed it all the time. But this time I specifically went higher up on the hill where I didn't need to. So I could go as fast <laughs> as I possibly could. Um, and I was going all the way down the hill. Need I remind you, I had a very, uh, I was distracted very easily when I was that age. So at the time I'm super focused on going as fast as I possibly could. And I get on the hill, I'm going to 15, going to 18, I hit 20 and I'm like, this is crazy. I don't think I've ever went this fast by myself before. And then I hit 20 miles per hour. So like in my head, I'm like, check. Okay. Now I'm done with that. (laughs) But then I forget that I'm going 20 miles per hour. And I look down at my rear bike tire because I don't know why. I, I, think, I think I felt like it was loose or the chain wasn't doing something was going on. Um, and as I look up, I notice there's a car right in front of me, except I didn't have time to process it. And I just hit the back of that car going roughly 20 miles per hour and went straight through the windshield. And uh, I think I was knocked out for a good two minutes. I woke up in the front seat but I wasn't actually in the front seat. I was on top of the passenger and the driver's seat because they were broken and like not reclined. They were like inclined and like I was just laying on them. So I just fucked up the car, like royally, royally messed up the car. And uh, I, I'm so out of it. So instead of like opening the door, I climb out of the broken back rear windshield that I just went through. I didn't have a helmet on, so like, oh my god, <laughs> there's glass everywhere, and I climb out of the windshield, and I just like take my hand off my hand off my head, and it's full of blood. I'm like, oh shit. Um, so after processing what's going on, I'm like, all right, well the nice kid in me says I should probably go apologize. So <laughs> I'm like dripping blood, like I'm like it looks like I just took a shower in blood because there's a gigantic gash in my forehead and heads bleed a lot. But I didn't see myself, so I walk up to the door and I just knock on the door. Adrenaline's pumping through my veins, so I don't feel any pain right now. There's literally no pain, and I open the door and I'm just like, "Sorry about your car, ma'am." And <laughs> and the lady just puts her like her hands on both cheeks, like the Home Alone thing, like the classic look. And she goes, oh, my God. And then she, like, calls her son. And the son comes, and I see him peek over. And his look on his face, and he just goes, holy shit. (laughs) And he starts freaking out, and he grabs, like, a washcloth. And then we get in their other car. And luckily, it was just down the road from my house. And we get in their other car that I didn't just go through (laughs) and demolish with my body. (laughs) Um, and they drive me up to the house and, you know, the rest of the story is just ambulances and stitches and, and painful boards that I'm laying on. Yeah, it was, it was awful, man, but it was, uh, it was also very funny. (laughs) Wow. That is so crazy. What did your mom say when she saw you? I don't know. I was always doing stupid shit like that and I was always getting hurt. So she was surprisingly unsurprised. I mean, she was surprised, but like, but, but not too surprised. Did she ever see the car that you demolished to do her own? Oh my god! Yeah, man. Like she didn't believe that that was from me. I was just a twelve-year-old. I was a husky guy, but like, I was just twelve <laughs> years old. And man, I I messed that car up. Like I wish I had pictures of it still. Yeah. The, com- the com- <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. I messed that car. I feel bad. I don't know who paid for it. I don't know if my I wonder if my mom paid for it. 
yeah, whatever doesn't matter but oh yeah also kind of a cool little uh thing about that apparently the ambulance guys found a piece of my eyebrow like on the windshield whoa oh, gross yeah and they like took a picture of it yeah it's like it's like on a polaroid we have it somewhere they gave it to us because they have to like take pictures of it wow. it was very traumatizing <laughs> were you actually really messed up by it like did you have nightmares about that yeah, dude, I was shaking. Like, I never did. I never gone through anything like that. The worst like accidents I've ever been was, I don't know, like getting in a bike accident, a pedal bike accident with my friends. Like, it's nothing crazy, but I was shaking up. Like, just okay. Just imagine if you the last thing you remember is just like, oh shit, and you hit the back of a car, and then you just wake up bloody, full of glass, like in a demolished car, <laughs> and you're 12 years old. <laughs> Yeah, that is, that's crazy. It's so hard for me to imagine. I've never really blacked out or passed out. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten knocked out or passed out too many times. I guess I've, I've made myself pass out before when I was young. Again, I did a lot of stupid things when I was a little kid, but... Wait, how did you make yourself pass out? You know the whole trick where you, like, breathe in and out, like, really, really deeply and heavily ten <laughs> times in a row, and then you put your thumb in your mouth and you blow as hard as you can? Okay. Yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> well, my sister said that that was actually like it, it was like it makes you pass out, and I didn't believe her, so I did it, and then I passed out. <laughs> How long were you out for? Only like, like I don't know, like ten seconds or something like that. Nothing too crazy, but I did hit my head in a plate when I was going down, and apparently it was like crazy <laughs> scary. <laughs> it was like crazy scary for Kelly, my sister, and my buddy Randy was there as well. And I think I was like 10 or something. And they were freaked out, man, because apparently like my eyes rolled back and like I was oh, kind of no. shaking. And then I woke up. Yeah, it was super scary. So everyone, don't do that. Anytime I have tried to do one of those things, I've never really tried to like my fullest extent. So I just kind of like do it half-assed and nothing bad happens to me. Yeah. I don't know. I think when you're a little kid, you don't really have that. I guess I have that now. Like, I don't think I could actually do it anymore. But yeah, I've just always been too cautious. Like, I don't really want this to happen to me. Yeah, like your, your subconscious, your subconscious gets to you and like makes you not do it. Like when I was a kid at daycare, all these little kids are like, well, let's just lay on the road. It'll be fun. I was like, I'm definitely not doing that they had no reason to do it either it just like just for fun they all were making fun because i wouldn't do it either but just was, seemed so stupid of me <laughs> for no reason at all that yeah. just like completely explains like the kid's mindset let's just do this stupid thing yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> no well you were a lot more uh you were a lot smarter than i was when i was a young kid then because i would have been those kids who would have been like yeah let's do it <laughs> Yeah. Did you ever do the the invisible rope trick prank, I should say? To like two cars or So like what you do is you have two people and you go on each side of the road and then like you just sit there and obviously make it obvious so the car sees you and you like try to make eye contact with the driver and then like as they're coming up and they're like 15 feet, 20 feet away from you, you like quick pull and you both like go back in the same stance and like yeah. you know pulled up a rope and it actually worked and we did it multiple times and we wanted to tape it but like you know we were making we were making jackass videos when jackass was super popular and we just wanted to like mess with everybody and yeah the closest thing my friends and i did to something like that is at renee's birthday party back in like ninth grade we 
took one of those deer shooting targets that pretty much looks like a lifelike deer and we sat right next to the side of the road with it and basically just like made it jolt kind of out whenever a car would pass and nearly every car stopped some of them got out and were like laughing like oh my gosh it's so funny others were getting out bitching us out saying you can't fucking do that you're gonna cause a crash didn't seem that bad to me yeah it wouldn't have caused any harm like you're not a busy <laughs> road or something it's just a deer but yeah it's totally a country road i think that's hilarious that's actually really <laughs> funny because like there's deer everywhere up here so that would definitely make everyone stop but yeah yeah if we had spooked a car into oncoming traffic that would have been really bad but we definitely weren't trying to do that then it could have been bad yeah yeah but th th that didn't happen so i think we were in the right exactly so you're in the clear <laughs> do you think if you met yourself when you were like like between the ages of like 10 to 14 do you think you'd be annoyed with your little self yeah. or do you think you'd get along with them pretty much any time i was under 23 I was really, really stupid back then. I'm even really stupid now. <laughs> I made so many dumb decisions at the time, and I thought I was being ironic or funny, but it was just, I was just being so stupid. And yeah. Looking back on it now, I'm just like, what was wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, it's, it's like, it's, it's more, like, it's more mindful. Like, you don't do stupid things. I don't know. Like, I, I think I would slap myself upside the head so many. I would I would be fed up with myself if I was. I did so many stupid stuff to myself and other people. Like I remember, and I was influenced really easily too. Like I had this friend named um, Christian, ironically, same name as me, and we were playing, and we were just hanging out, and like he always wanted to do like bad stuff, so he convinced me to fill water balloons up with mustard and go on our porch, and like if you go on our porch, you can see clearly like the neighbor's roof. Because we're kind of like above, we we're kind of on the hill. Sure. And we're just like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. Let's just throw these mustard balloons at the roof and it'll be funny. And then <laughs> I throw it at the roof and then I immediately regret it because it's just this gigantic yellow spot and really obvious. And like, <laughs> so my mom comes home and she's like, you need to go over there and apologize. And oh. that was probably the most embarrassing moment of my life. <laughs> yeah. Did you come clean and be like, I'm sorry I threw the mustard on your roof? <laughs> like, it made me feel so stupid saying, like, I'm sorry we threw mustard balloons on your roof. Like, it made me feel like, what the hell are you thinking, dude? You're retarded. Uh, yeah. In 10th grade, Kellen drew on Chase Mason's car with ketchup. And I don't know exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, like, you suck, Chase. He wrote that in ketchup on Chase's car. And for a whole week after that, everyone in the school was like, yeah, Chase Mason is going to beat all you guys up. Anyone who was involved with that. We were just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> we were all like hurrying to our classes. We were so afraid we would see him in the hallway. I'm pretty sure like we all even were armed with pens like to protect herself with. And the funny thing is he never even said anything to us about it. <laughs> I mean, that's high school for you. Someone says you're going to beat you up and it's like the talk of the high school, but nothing even happens ever. Did you ever get in any fights in high school or any other time? No, I, 
I wanted to because, like, there was, you know, there's always those guys that are very, like, alpha male and, like, fighting is, like, very important to them and they have to prove their, like, dominance. Yeah, like, if I said Levi, I won't say his last name, but I think you know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, even this past weekend, he was about ready to fight someone and something I can hardly even get my mind around. Like, what makes him want to get in those situations? And I kind of think he likes everyone talking about him, and maybe he likes that attention. And he possibly thinks it'll like attract someone. I don't know. I don't think so. I I the only fight I've ever been in, really, was uh, when I was like I think it was in third grade. And we were on the playground, and it was this new kid named Ethan. And for some reason, I really didn't like him. And like, wait, in your grade? Yeah, he was in my grade. This uh, was this okay. wasn't in this wasn't in uh, our school though. This was back because like I did, yeah, this is back in in Spring Valley, Minnesota. But um, but no, we we just like we really really thought we were gonna fight, and like everyone was like, do it, fight, and like there was a crowd, and they were all watching, and we just ended up like kicking each other's legs for like ten minutes. <laughs> and because like, none of us knew what the hell to do and we, and we were both in karate too so like we oh, really nice. thought that like something cool was gonna happen and then like i just ended up being the loser in the situation both oh. literally and just like i was just being a loser because after kicking each other's in the legs for like 10 minutes he just goes and punches me straight in the eye and i'm just oh. like i quit i'm done i quit and like yeah. he won and then i walks away i have a really similar story uh kellen and i got in a fight in like first or second grade Second grade, I think. He had a hat, and I kept flicking it off of his head. Finally, he was like, that's it. He started chasing me around the playground. Finally, we ran around enough, and we're ready to face off. He tries to jump kick, but he's nowhere near me. I try to sweep quick, and I also miss. But that's the end of the fight. Neither of us even hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, so anticlimactic. And so, like, after that, we had to have an eye-to-eye. And then we became best friends for like the rest of high school. It's pretty funny that that's how our friendship started. Yeah, I, that's something that I always never ever understood is like when two guys, Brandon and Joey in high school, they they were fighting each other and like they hated each other before. And this was this was like I think like junior year of high school. So it wasn't even like you were little kids. They literally hated each other before. They were rivals both on the football field and off. And they just beat the crap out of each other and i didn't i didn't see this fight i just saw like the aftermath and then they were just best buds from junior and senior year and on and like i just don't get that i don't know it's some kind of weird psychology thing like people get in bar fights and then after the fight they're best friends the rest of the night it's so weird i think it's like maybe you take out all your aggression and like both of you take out all your aggression and then you're just like Oh, now I feel bad for punching this dude. Yeah. And it's like just maybe it's like your your just humanity side coming through after you've let all your aggression out. I don't know. I should look that up and see if there is a psychological term for that phenomena. The mind is a crazy thing. And that concludes our podcast with Stony Row and Jimmy Grebner. Check out Stony Row on SoundCloud today. He's got new awesome alternative and rap tracks. This episode was also brought to you by VampQuest, a lit RPG novel by Addison Runberg. Thank you.